המגרסה. Hi to all and welcome to the Cutting Edges podcast, the podcast that makes sense in the world of mess, which we like to call the world of web series. I'm Yuval and you're listening to a new episode of our international podcast in which we host web series creators from all around the world. Today, we're happy to host Lauren Lescan and Jeanette Narco, producer and director of Fier, an animated, freaky urban fantasy web series that was created in Denmark and won several awards in festivals around the world. Hi, Lauren. Let's hear your voice. Hi. <laughs> great. And hi, Jeanette. Let's hear you. Hello. <laughs> hi. So it's great to have you both with us. So let's start by asking you, how did you get to creating a web series? So I can... Do you want to answer this one, Lauren? Go for it. As okay. As well. So the way we got to create a web series was at the, at the point where we started this project... Uh, we contacted the Danish fund and they actually just did a call for web series. So we had an idea for a story and, and then they said, hey, if you can do this as a web series, we have some money for you. Uh, and we got uh, approved for development funding twice. And that's basically how it came about. Okay, so it wasn't supposed to be a web series initially. Actually, no. Mm, interesting <laughs> secret. Okay, okay, but how, but but once you 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 got some sort of a grant, some sort of a support of it being a web series, did you refer to the fact that it is supposed to be a web series, or was it something that wasn't really considered? Like we started to write it as a web series, and mm-hmm. I think we learned like we learned so much from this process. Mm-hmm. And I think we got some things down that was really, really cool. And I think there were some things in the story that was very challenging to fit into this short format. Of, uh, of the web series like what uh, so we have in our uh, our web series is about like a grand urban fantasy world with its own rules and its own identity that we need to establish mm-hmm. uh, so our challenge was in a very because the web series format is very short it's like what we were working on was uh, episodes of six minutes or ten minutes and to get that world down in that shorter time was a very big challenge for us. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, and I think one of the things that was also a very big challenge was that we started with something that was a linear story from A to B and it was like the original idea wasn't really episodical and I'm not sure that we managed to actually transform it into the right amount of episodical storytelling uh, for it to succeed but from it I think we learned what web series can do. <laughs> so now we are, we are way better off to writing a, writing a different scenario that would fit into the format in a better way. Okay. So that's why there's only one episode out now because uh-huh. we kind of put it on hold after some challenges and mm-hmm. kind of we have to rethink the whole, the whole way of using the medium for storytelling uh, so we can use it in a better way. Okay, so that's a great answer. So it connects me to the second question of what really makes Fier a series that fits for the web? Because I don't think it's something that, well, at least not the TV that I'm familiar with. It's not something that I usually see on TV. So what in that story, in that format, in that concept makes it right for the web? Yeah, so I think to me, like most content, even what is on TV now is digital and you can find it on the web. 
Mm -hmm. So in that sense, I think content for the web is very blurry at the moment. It can basically be anything, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and where I see if you're really fitting for the web is that it is a very niche story. It's a very niche world. I, th I think it has like a small audience, but scattered around the entire world. And that's why I want to put it on the web so it can find its niche audience. And that niche audience can be big enough for mm -hmm. the show to actually have its uh, place in the world. Because okay. if, we only had it, if we only had it in Denmark, I, I think uh, it would be too few people who would connect with it because it is a very like narrow kind of universe and world mm -hmm. that yeah. it's not for everybody. But I've experienced that when we meet people who like it, it really touches them like deeply. So it definitely has its place. Mm -hmm. And that's why where I see it really fitting for the web. Um, and I think to me, a web series can also be a lot of different things. Right now, it is a lot of short episodes that has approximately the same length and build up. That's the most successful web series I've seen. It's the ones where where it's it's shorter episodes. Maybe there's a story, but like they can stand on their own. And and that's something we're looking more into. How can we try to find more creative ways, other ways to to go about this story, but in a digital setup. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And Yeah, if I may ask something about the, and I think it's a bit to continue about what you said, Janelle, about the, the target audience is that it is for 15 plus. And I think the habits of this target is mainly online. Is they have access to a YouTube Vimeo and like tons of like a online platform. And they, they watch a lot less TV, for example. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think like the, the, the reason why the web series was really interesting for FIAI was to be able to actually read, reach our targets and make it online. And we have been discussing a lot about which platform we should use, if we should make it for free or if we should make it uh, paying. So it was all this question about uh, how we could reach better uh, our target audience. But for sure, the web was the best uh, place. Mm -hmm, yeah. mm -hmm. And did you do any other, like, did you have anything in your distribution that was supposed to help you reach that target audience? We talked about like doing crowdfunding uh, to both uh, create a, a fan base and also uh, finance the production. Mm -hmm. But as we didn't got the, the support from the, the funding system, because animation is, is costly. So we, our plan was to actually uh, finance the production with several sources. Mm -hmm. uh, and the crowdfunding was a really great opportunity because it would have been about uh, funding the production, but also starting to create a fan base. Uh, but then we didn't pursue this uh, this way because we decided to put the web series on hold. But uh, what was your question again? Damn it! I, lost I, I asked if you what else did you do in order to uh, to get to your um, target audience. So you said you brought up oh, yeah. the fact that uh, you were thinking of whether making oh. it uh, per paid or will you be, make it uh, free online. And I was wondering, you said that your target audience is uh, 15 plus. Yeah. Kids, kids, youngsters, whatever. How did you reach them or what effort did you make in order to reach that audience? So we did like, uh, we were visible online by creating some uh, Instagram profile of the full universe and the Facebook page. We actually have it. It's called Equinox Noir. Mm -hmm. uh, but we also went with the pilot to uh, meet them directly in, in schools, in high schools. So we went there and we screened the pilot episode and then we got immediately some feedback from them. And uh, That was a great way to actually meet our targets and to start to also talk about the project. Mm -hmm. uh, but that is also, of course, very time consuming. But so, 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 so far we have been capable to do it in Denmark. But I think if we had to extend in the full world, that would have been like uh, way, way bigger task. So yeah, I think we, 
we've been present online uh, by Facebook and Instagram, and uh, but it is it is a big work. It is a big work to uh, mm -hmm. to find to an audience. Uh, yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah, I think also one of our challenges is that we like we only have the pilot yet. I think it's difficult to do like real marketing on a pilot episode for mm -hmm. the audience not outside of the industry because uh, they're just yeah they yeah it's difficult to explain it to them. Yeah, it's just a teaser. Yeah, but exactly. <laughs> exactly, a long teaser, a pretty teaser, a nice teaser, but only a teaser. It's not a full story. So my yeah. next question will be talking more on the sub on the on the content itself of the series. So. The series, when you watch it, you can't avoid the fact that it's very sexual and very straightforward about its portrayal of body image. Um, in an interview that I read that you gave, you described the challenges in creating a feminine representation and got to the conclusion of fuck that shit, which seems to me like the most honest response to the current reality of gender-related public discussions. Now, can you share with us some of the challenges that you encountered while writing the series in regards of that subject? And how did you approach this subject while thinking about it as a web series? I can ask you the question again if it was too long and complicated. No, I, I, I have it. <laughs> But maybe maybe we need to yeah, break, break it up. Break it down, But yeah. Okay. I can, I can say because like the, the thing that catches, uh, yeah, is the fuck that shit uh, <laughs> that you mentioned. And I just want to elaborate a little bit on it because yeah. uh, I think the feeling comes from the fact that You know, of course, I'm very aware of this whole discussion about how you portray women in films, about sexuality, about gender, about uh, all these tests about how female roles haven't had enough dialogue in the past. And my problem was when I started to write this, that I wanted to write a perfect version of it. And then I just got stuck. And then mm. I had to tell myself, fuck that shit, in order to give myself creative freedom to write real characters. Mm -hmm. because the problem is if you try to do something perfect you just end up with something very boring not perfect very, <laughs> not okay. working because you cannot do perfect anyway mm -hmm. no matter what if you write characters they need to have flaws they need to have yeah mm -hmm. you, need, you need to you need to find a way to free yourself to liberate yourself in the creative process and then of course You can look at, I think it's important discussions, all these about gender and sexuality and equality amongst the genders. I think they're super important, but I cannot take it on my shoulders to mm -hmm. be the one who finds the perfect way to deal with all this. I can do my best and I can write my characters in the way I see them. And I also think because I am a woman and I write female characters, so somehow <laughs> there must come some truth into them from just the fact of that, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah trying to be loyal to yourself and who you are rather than to yeah. be loyal to specific ways that the com that the society presents that we should be thinking or talking or being presented. Yeah, it's a little bit like it should come from the inside out and not from the outside in, if that makes sense. Totally, totally. Yeah, I can be political and I can have my opinions, but mm -hmm. they should not drive the creativity. The creativity can be like an offset to discuss about them. Cool. And when you thought about this project in the context of a web series and the fact that it will be open to all, it's not like I need to go to a theater or pay to whatever uh, over-the-top platform in order to see it. Everyone can watch it. Did you think about what you just said in a different way because it is a web series rather than a short film for festivals or something like that? No, it didn't really influence how I was thinking about it, to be honest. 
I also think I come I come from Denmark and we're very liberated about sexual content and about sex and the body in in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I probably have considered it less than other people in the world would. I know we talked to some people from Asia at some point, and they said that our target audience would definitely be older. It would definitely be 18 plus. Really? Um, yeah. So I think most of what is there, like, I also think with, you know, you see all these characters in the background with naked boobs or who are like, dressed up in a sexual outfit. Uh, and I also tried to do them in this mix of sexual and funny or quirky. Okay. You know, like they, there's also some humor in it. Of course. Yeah, they're <laughs> not realistic, but it's a, it's, a, it's a question of how do people watch it? You know, you can watch it and say, what is this offensive representation for a woman? But then you can say, but it doesn't really look like a woman. Sometimes it just looks like a bird. Yeah. And there are also male birds like that. Yeah. It's not only it's not only women. And then you can say now we didn't get so far in the story yet, but the, the like later on the whole point is also to have this discussion about how do you see the body and the sexuality and can you possess other people or not? And like there's a lot more nuances to it, but we only got the introduction in the pilot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, there's much to come. Very makes me very curious. Okay, <laughs> so I'll ask you another question, uh, which is a little more of a of a production productiony question. So I was looking at the credits of the first episode, and it seems like you were a very small crew of creators who made <laughs> who, who had many roles. And I'm curious of how did you do that and why? And was it a financial decision, or did it have all, also other motive? So, like in a way, when you When we do animation and it's on these low budgets, everything is connected. So the creative decisions, they are tied with the financial decisions, no matter how we look at it. Mm-hmm. But I have to say, like, for now, until now, uh, the way I've worked on films is that I always prefer to work with a smaller team for a longer time. Mm-hmm. So if somebody can take more than one role, it's perfect for me when we do these kind of short productions, because it means that, you know, it always takes a few weeks for somebody to get into the project. And if I have a team of 20 <laughs> or 10 or 12, like we're a very small team on this one, but mm-hmm. that means that all the energy is spent on people to get into the project. And then when they get it, the production is over. Mm-hmm. So I would rather that we have a few people and then we take the time for them to really get into the project and then they're there and they can, they can give their fullest to the project and they understand it for a longer time. Yeah. Yeah, so, so I feel it becomes somehow more condensed or more like a one unity when we work with a smaller team. And I think it's always this balance uh, like where you can you can if if you take on more people it becomes inefficient. There's mm. always this tip that you go to when you do productions. And yeah. it is a balance of of budget of course because budget is time. Mm-hmm. And the longer time you have people on board the better they get like you know it also takes training to draw the characters the right way or to all these things take time yeah so yeah it's about finding that perfect balance of the size of the team and i think it was super nice to have a small team on this and and you think it's a format that you'll be able to keep on working so moving forward i'll ask the question that's It's going to be my next next question but moving forward with this project do you think you'll maintain this um method of working in a smaller team Yes, definitely. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But hopefully next time we'll have a little more time. <laughs> <laughs> a little more, more, more investors. Okay, okay. Um, But since also because since it was a call, it was not only about the funding, it was also about the actual time frame. Like we had a deadline to deliver mm-hmm. the pilot. 
Really? And, and, and also like, by, the, by the investors? <laughs> what? By the investors that put yes. the money into it. Okay. Yes. Makes sense. They, they, want, they want to have that product out. We can't edit forever. You can, you can edit forever, <laughs> but you can't edit forever. Okay, so my next question is about your production value. So I'm not a big uh, expert in um, animation, but when I saw your show, it was spectacular. I was looking at it and I was like, okay, I've never seen such kind of animation. Maybe I'm not, just not familiar enough with, this, with animation, but it was really something, I was watching it and I was saying, I was feeling that, I was having that larger than life feel. Um, and I was wondering what is, well, it's a, it's a little bit of a silly question, but I'm assuming you'll have a creative answer for it. Uh, what is your secret or what is the special thing that you think you have done in this show, in this first episode that made it really feel larger than life? Um, I think I was thinking about this actually for quite some time when, when I first saw a question. I think what works really well in this uh, pilot and what touches you is probably the, the, the mood and the atmosphere of the whole thing. Mm -hmm. And I always, when I do projects as a director or a storyteller, I always start with an idea of the kind of atmosphere, mood and emotion I want to work with. Mm -hmm. And it is a bit fun because it's usually like producers and Fund play, funding places and investors, they don't get this. Now I work with Lorraine and she understands that everything is good, but usually they say, you have to start with a log line. Mm -hmm. Can you explain to me logically what it is you want to do? Yeah. And I cannot do that for the first year or half year, whatever I work on something. So I was working on this project for a long time before we even got to the investor. Mm -hmm. And then I attack it from this place where it's all about the mood and atmosphere. And then through that, I find the story and then I can write the story and the characters the way mm -hmm. people usually do in their process. So I think that it comes from the fact that I like, I really go from that angle and into the project. So that part of the project becomes like a massive part of it in the end and a massive part of, of the expression of it. Mm -hmm. um, and then I also think, It has to do with what we talked about just before with the small team. Mm -hmm. Because I had on this production a very small team of what I would call like very high-end artists in the sense that it's people who really put themselves into the project. Because, you know, you can work with people who are artists or people who are craftsmen. Mm -hmm. And of course, they are also craftsmen. The people I work with, they have a great craft. That's why it looks beautiful. But they, they really put their soul into it. Mm -hmm. And when you are in tune on something <laughs> with the mood and the expression and you pour your soul into something mm -hmm. and people who are tuned into that same kind of mood and expression see it, I think they pick it up. Like yeah. it, sounds, it sounds a bit odd and magical, but I think there's something there. I think that's what art and culture can do is that you share something that you cannot explain mm -hmm. through the other medias. Cool. Sounds like some sort of magic. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so so uh, another question is that, well, as we said, only one episode is out, and it's very yes. nice, and we'll link to it on the podcast so people can watch it even more. What are your future plans for this project? So, as said, it's on hold. I have a lot of ideas of what we're going to do. Mm -hmm. of how we're going to play with formats, how we're going to play with something more conventional, something more artistic. Mm -hmm. But for now, it's so early that uh, I cannot really talk too much about it. Okay. But people can follow this. As Lorraine mentioned earlier, we have this universe called Equinox Noir, mm -hmm. 
which is kind of the umbrella where fear is one part of it. And then we have some other stories with other characters that we're working on. And we're also working on more stories with Crane and Hawker mm-hmm. from fear. Mm-hmm. Uh, and from that, people can follow what is going to happen. And it's going to be no doubt super insane and super excited. And it's going to happen soon, hopefully. Yeah, but we're working our asses off to make it happen soon. <laughs> but the, like animation is so slow. <laughs> I'm actually, I'm curious yeah. to ask maybe another question in that yeah. matter and obviously answer whatever you can. But I'm curious and asking how do Danish web creators approach practically their future plans. So as you said, there are all kinds of things that are happening you can't really elaborate about, but what will you be able to say to that uh, Danish listener that is now listening to this podcast and he or she wants to, to create their own web series, whether it's an anim- animated one or a non-animated one? That's a tough one. <laughs> In a way, I would say you can decide to go two ways. Like okay. you, can, you can go the long route of trying to do something with a higher production value like we tried to do, but then you're just very dependent on finding that investor who wants to, to fund your project. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. before you do that you don't really get anywhere and if they are not on board anymore then everything stops and that sucks but you can also if you if you have an idea that can be done mm-hmm. like on your own time however that can happen i think that's also a way to go and then of course there's a lot of ranges in between there but i think it's and i i think it's also it's really about considering the fact that it is a web series so in Denmark, to get funding, you kind of need a broadcaster and you need all these things. So if you want to do it the classical way, you should also do something that they would propose. Oh, I don't know. I haven't found a solution to it. It's actually difficult to say. Maybe Loren has. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a very new format and there's not many people who know so much about it. So we're still investigating what is the best ways, what are alternative ways to find funding, to find distribution. How can we do something where we are like how can we do something where we don't need the funding in in the time we wait to get funding for other parts are there any formats we can just do for the people who wants to follow the project and get it out and start to increase our fan base because that's the core of it that's the base just sit on our hands and wait we cannot do that Definitely, definitely. Okay, so our our conclusion question is about is, is a conclusion is a is a question for profits. So, what do you think lies in the future for web series? What is the future for web series? Yeah, what do you think will happen from your knowledge, from your the way that you know this platform, this um world? I mean, I can see already, and that's maybe linked also when we talked a bit about the distribution. Is uh, is that what we What is amazing with web series is, is something that you do usually for the web, which means for everybody, for the world. So you really aim at reaching uh, a very a big target audience. Uh, and what I can see now happening is that there is a lot of, uh, a lot. There is some uh, new VOD platform that start to emerge and be created, especially focusing on content for grown-up and animation for grown-up. Mm-hmm. So I can see that there is actually... An interest for it and there is some broadcaster who start to uh, um, invest into this content I know some in France I also know in America it's happening so I can I think that more and more uh, broadcasters going to emerge because there is a big demand on the content um, and hopefully this uh, broadcaster is going to be able to invest into the web series format 
and what I think is amazing with web series is that you can also do, there is not like a box in terms of timing. So it's not like you have to do a seven minutes or like a 28 minutes, like in TV, you are actually very free on the lens of your episode. And I think that's a very amazing uh, possibility for artists and creators to actually come up with concepts that are a lot more loose or like not loose, but like a free. Uh, so I don't know if it's what I see is going to happen, happen or what I wish is going to happen that the actually web series is going to develop and uh, grow because it's already the case in a way. So in the coming years, it's just going to have more and more. And I think it's going to be a media that people's going to maybe start by instead of, for example, short film, that it's going to be an alternative seen as something, a tool to experiment and to try and to uh, experiment also in the storytelling to mm -hmm. after all continuing series or feature film but maybe at the same level than short films as a yeah way to experiment and uh, and reach an audience that it's gonna stand it like, i don't think it's gonna take over instead of short films i just think it's gonna Not be a, it's, like yeah, a, it's a new it's yeah. a new format that can do different things than the short film can or the feature film can or the long series can and i think the more content that I created, the more this also finds its true strength of what is, like, there are some kind of stories that are super well-fitted for web series formats. Mm -hmm. yeah. And some other stories where they should just be a short film instead, or they should be a longer series, or they should be a feature film, or they should be a game or a podcast. Or, yeah, you know, yeah. there's <laughs> yeah, I, th I think that uh, it's very interesting what you said and the, the idea of experiment, of using this um, platform as a way to experiment new ways of storytelling. I think it's very interesting to see from my um, knowledge, from my um, familiarity with the world of web series, the most, the craziest fact is that you get this amazing, amazing content online, which is very, it's, quali it's quality is very high. But you look at the views number and you see several thousands. In okay cases, sometimes several tens of thousands, but no more than that. And you say, well, doesn't make sense. This thing looks so good and it is so impressive and people put so much effort into it, but only a few thousands? That should be like in the millions. I don't know. That that makes sense. And I'm I'm curious to 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 see along with everyone else, I guess, how will that situation change? Because I don't think it will stay like that for long. Um, and the question really is, Lorraine, as you said, is whether those uh, VOD platforms, which will be suggested online, will be the, the answer for how to change this um, situation. So before we wrap up, is there anything else you want to add? I mean, I can add something about the distribution that I didn't mention. It's just in the, in the research we did uh, in the, during the development of FIA, we also had a big work of distribution and uh, as we talked about a bit earlier, how to reach our audience. And we also went to look for like the more classical distribution with TV. And we actually started a partnership with the distributor who is, um, do more also this classic distribution with TV, but we also started recently to distribute a web show. And distributed a big uh, web series uh, for anim um, animation for grown-up, mm -hmm. uh, and they started to actually take the pilot episode and present it to some of the VOD platform uh, existing in the world. Mm -hmm. And so we got some interest um, from some VOD platform in, in Europe and uh, and America. But of course, it's like it's very difficult for them to come on board before we have the production and the full episode. So it's a it is a big big work of distributing web series, uh, but 
it's just what is positive is that there is an interest and especially mm -hmm. a web series animated content for grown-up it's very difficult but there is an interest so it's like if you do it you, you need to really believe in it and continue to look for people because they exist it's just about finding them mm -hmm. um and uh, and we got some interest from fear which is really cool because it's That's not uh, it's not evident and it's uh by the topic and the target it's not evident but we got some so that's cool actually That's amazing. Yeah. That sounds really good. I hope it sucks to hear that they expect for the work to be made like pro bono, like you make it and then we might buy it because obviously in the world of creation, yeah. you need some money to create it as well. But it is amazing that you got some interest from major media companies um, around yeah. the world. So <laughs> it was great to have you both here with us. Thank you very much, Lauren. Thank you very much, Janetta. It was a great pleasure and see and talk to you soon. Thank you. Thank you.